Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. What's going on, people? Welcome to the post-game number crunch. As usual, I'm your host, Jake Painting, creator of the House and Grouse Timbles newsletter, and this podcast is proudly brought to you by Canis Hoopus and SB Nation. And since the Wolves are winning again, since the Wolves are on a three-game win streak, I'd hope that we can pump up the House and Grouse subscriber numbers. Now, I know that the self-promotion here can become a little bit stale, but as someone trying to make it in this super competitive industry amongst super talented people, pretty much as a one-man band, I think it is necessary for me to promote myself as much as possible. In my opinion, I'm doing some of the best work of my life with the post-game player ratings and the deep dives and the X's and O's breakdowns. And I simply want to share that with more people and try and make this a full-time gig and really trying to live my dream out and really I need your guys, you guys help to do that. So if you can help, please consider clicking the link in the show notes below or heading over to houseandgrouse.substack.com to sign up for the newsletter and to get all those updates and all those articles coming straight to your email inbox. But this is a post-game show and that's why you're here, most likely. And in this episode, we're going to talk about another win. Yes, Another win that turned way too many of my hairs grey, and that's not something I need at the moment. But another win, nonetheless. After a superb three quarters, the Timberwolves survive another fourth quarter calamity and win 1-1-2-1-0-9 over the undermanned Philadelphia 76ers. As usual, we're going to talk about a ton of things. I mean, there is a ton of things to talk about. From this game, it was perhaps the most shameless display of flopping I've ever seen by Joel Embiid, who is a shameless flopper to begin with, which almost made up for the fact that the Sixers didn't have James Harden, Tyrese Maxey, or Tobias Harris alongside him. But on the Wolves side of things, there was another D'Angelo Russell getting back to a higher baseline of form kind of game. There was Anthony Edwards almost sinking the team and then saving them from drowning seconds later. There was another strong bench night, and of course there was those fourth quarter issues. But when the Wolves win, I like to focus on the positives, and there are some really, really positive stuff going on right now. And that's why this episode's number is... Plus 17.6. As in, the plus 17.6 net rating the Minnesota's starting unit has in the past five games. That's 82 minutes together, and they are outscoring opponents by 17.6 points per 100 possessions in those 82 minutes. This was a number that I researched in the third quarter of this game because I really did feel like something seismic had shifted for that that starting unit. It just felt like a real-life 
cohesive team, finally. And that's something that we haven't been able to say for the first portion of this season. And it's funny because that fourth quarter collapse actually cratered that starting unit's numbers to just a plus 0.1 on the night. But really, that kind of only makes that massive plus 17.6 number over the past five games even more impressive. So let's take a little break, and then we'll dive deeper into it. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Right, so we all remember the numbers flying around about Minnesota's starting lineup to start this season. And for a good chunk there, it was the worst lineup in the NBA that had played any sort of significant minutes. Well, that flipped, uh, that script has flipped completely. In this five-game stretch, they're the best high-minute unit in the league. Sure, they've played some undermanned and some straight-up bad teams. But when they played the Suns twice and the Bucks and what is right now the first seed Utah Jazz, we didn't use that as an excuse for why they were so bad. So I don't see why we should use the re- this reason of them playing undermanned or bad teams as a reason why they're so good or as, as an excuse as to why they're so good. This lineup right now is clicking. There is no other way to put it and the numbers back that up. Even with the plummeting of those numbers after tonight's game, there were still so many awesome flashes in those first three quarters, just like there have been so many awesome flashes from that five-man unit over the past five games. Among the 14 five-man units that have played at least 50 minutes together over that stretch, or 10 minutes a game if you like, the Wolves rank 4th in net rating, they rank 5th in offensive rating, they rank 7th in defensive rating, and they rank 5th in effective field goal percentage and true shooting percentage. And on top of all of that, and maybe the most impressive thing, is they rank 2nd in defensive rebounding percentage and 3rd in total defense, uh, in total rebounding percentage. Now, maybe you're thinking that none of those numbers are right at the very top of the rankings, but they're the most well-rounded of any group who are currently playing big minutes together. If you want to use some examples of other teams, Dallas's Luka Doncic-led first unit are uh, wrecking teams offensively to the tune of 128.8 points per 100 possessions which is way more than Minnesota's 122.9 points per 100. But they're also giving up 119.6 points per 100 possessions. And that's also way more than the 105.3 that Minnesota is giving up. And on the other end of the scale, Indiana's surprisingly sturdy defensive five-man unit is topping the defensive leaderboard with a ridiculous 99.3 points allowed 
per 100 possessions. But their 108.9 points per 100 possessions on offense isn't the same stratosphere as the aforementioned 122.9 that D'Angelo Russell, Anthony Edwards, Jaden McDaniels, Carl Anthony Towns, and Rudy Gobert are posting when they all play together. It's a lot of numbers and it's a lot of jargon. But what I'm getting at here is that this team is meshing in a really well-rounded way. Five games isn't enough to make any sweeping, season-long declarations. But that five games has showcased a team who can wreck teams offensively, play staunch defense, rebound the ball, and make shots at a really effective clip. And to me, anyway, the most impressive thing is that they've posted those world-breaking numbers without any one player actually going on a five-game tear or carrying this team to those numbers on either end of the ball. Anthony Edwards has had a couple of great games, but his teammates have picked up the slack on those games that he hasn't. The very same thing can be said for Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell. We've seen way more consistency and comfortability in their role from Rudy Gobert and Jaden McDaniels. But those guys are the fourth and fifth options offensively in that lineup and aren't the kind of guys who can cement great team numbers on their own. But the Wolves, I think, have needed that. They've taken more time than we all would have liked to figure out what this whole thing is. But they they don't need someone to carry all of the load and to put this team on their back and to drive winning and to drive really good numbers with just one player or just two players. They have a bunch of firepower, but they don't need it all to fire at its highest clip every single night. Ant can have a down game. Carlton Towns can have a night like he did tonight against the 76ers. Gobert can continue to find his feet in a brand new setting, and D'Lo can continue kind of working out the kinks of his season as well. And to me, maybe that's the scariest thing of all, and scary in a really good way. This unit still has a lot of growing and a lot of amalgamating to do. If the baseline for that growth, or that expected growth, is starting by outscoring their opponents by 17.6 points per 100 possessions, then this could indeed get very, very scary. This stat is certainly one to keep an eye on because, like I said, we, we heard all the talk, we spoke about it on this show, this team really stunk, and this five-man unit really stunk to start the season. And for this huge experiment, the Gobert experiment, the trading away five picks experiment, the going all-in on Anthony Edwards, who's just 21, on Carl Anthony Towns, who has plenty of question marks surrounding him, whether he can be the guy to go all-in with, and still even on on, on the last year of his contract, all-in on D'Angelo Russell as well for now. Those things are a scary prospect and they only work if this starting unit begins to mesh. And again, 17.6 points per 100 possessions. That is dominating teams. And that was even before this Sixers game where I thought they were very, very good up until that fourth quarter. And the fourth quarter stuff will need to be sorted out rather quickly. But right now, this starting unit is sorting things out and it is certainly something to keep an eye on. No matter what happens, I will be here to discuss it. I hope you will be too.